received one of these in their seats prior to the debate, and on there there's a number of different bulleted points that show an actual plan for economic diversity and resiliency, an actual plan for uh, recreation, tourism, and sustainability, an actual plan for affordable and available housing, actual plan for telecommunication and transportation connectivity. And I think on those you'll also see that there's uh, bullets for entrepreneurship, there's bullets for supporting Western, there's bullets for supporting our anchor institutions, there's bullets for supporting uh, you know, a lot of different ways for growing our economy. Uh, it's easy to criticize when you actually have a plan, but when you don't have a plan, it's a little difficult to figure out what you're voting for. Jonathan. Uh, Paul, you, you close with, you know, being action-oriented, where is, and you used the example of affordable housing. I just thought I'd point out, you know, Pitchfork, Rock Creek, uh, Land to Habitat for Humanity, Anthracite Place. Uh, I mean, the ongoing efforts to completely restructure the Gunnison Valley uh, Housing Authority and make it regional housing authority. Uh, Butch Clark's here tonight. His generosity and, and a nonprofit board working together with, with folks to leverage those resources Things are being built. Things are being done. And when we go back to the question about what, where's the action, I was very clear about what the next action is. We need to be getting the next project up and out of the ground. So things are happening. It's, it's you know, um, it, it's not like it's been stagnant. Any additional rebuttals here, Paul Wayne? Absolutely. Uh, I hope I didn't leave the impression that things have been stagnant. But despite all the efforts that have been done, we still have the problem. And, and you know, and in a sense, honestly, you know, as the as the play, as the community, the valley grows, there'll always be a challenge to create these. And you know, I brought it up in my first, uh, I think, in the Gunnison Country Times, uh, uh, the initial article where we were asked these questions. That's the first time you, the, the, the idea of land banking had been mentioned in this campaign. It was mentioned by me, and it is yes. It, but the, but you were against doing something. You know, uh, uh, subsidizing tap fees or and/or uh, building fees, uh, which is something that the county could do at the next meeting, and that's what I'm talking about. You know, I'm talking about things that you can do. Do it. I mean, I'll just keep saying we ought to do it. And yeah, hey, we're doing a pretty good job. Just pull out all the stops. That's what I'm saying. It's that urgent of a problem. We should stop charging people the fees that pay for the services they're buying. Uh, in the same way that we subsidize the airline ticket of every everyone who flies into this uh, county, and we have for a long time. So here's a distinct difference. We subsidize airlines. Gunnison County doesn't subsidize airlines. The voters of Gunnison County said, we're willing to subsidize airlines, and they did it once with a vote with a sunset. The county residents did it again with a second vote, removing the sunset, and our county residents voted on the third time, increasing the rate in which they tax themselves. So going to the citizens and saying, are you willing to invest your money into an investment of airline guarantees to drive our economy is very different than saying, we're just going to stop charging building fees or we're just going to stop charging tap fees. Those are apples and oranges, and I, I would like to appreciate uh, the difference. All right, Brad, I think you're the only person who has not uh, uh, responded in rebuttal to, to anything that, that has been said by your opponent. Would you like to? Yeah. 
if you've talked to me, if you've looked at my website, you'll know that the notice throughout there that there are plans and there are things, and I have brought up all these issues and things that I would like to do to make those happen. I don't have a rack card. I don't have to have that to have a plan. Okay, we are going to move on to the next portion of the debate. For this portion, I will be uh, directing different questions to each candidate who will be given one minute to respond. And after each question is answered, uh, that candidate's, candidate's opponent will have a chance for a 30-second rebuttal. Let's see. We, um, where were we last? Did we start with Jonathan and work this way? Okay, we're going to start. We'll go with John this time, and we will go in the direction of Paul Wayne. <clears throat> Uh, John, this has been talked about a little bit so far. You're proposing development of a recreation and sustainable tourism emphasis with the, in the county, including creation of a master plan and improvement of recreation infrastructure. Why is this needed? So the reality is, is that people are coming to this valley, whether we like it or not. Uh, they're coming to recreate, they're coming to relocate, they're uh, coming to uh, be a part of our community. And we can put our heads in the sand and we can try to ignore the fact and hope everything will go away, but it's just not a realistic solution. I think the reality here is that uh, we need to develop this plan in order to disperse the impacts of recreation use throughout the county. We need to work with our federal agencies, our state agencies, uh, our nonprofits, and our citizens in order to create a plan and create an infrastructure that uh, you know, creates a quality product and helps uh, disperse those impacts by creating trailheads and, and uh, parking lots, by creating a, you know, sustainable trails, by creating river put-ins and takeouts, by creating lake amenities, by creating equestrian corrals and facilities at trailheads, by creating campgrounds that actually fit the types of toy haulers and uh, equipment that's being utilized uh, to recreate nowadays. Recreation in the state of Colorado is a $14 billion industry that, or sorry, not the state of Colorado, in the United States is a $14 billion industry and creates 205,000 jobs. And uh, I think that that's an important part of Gunnison County's economy. Brad, anything you would like to uh, respond with in rebuttal? Oh, fortunately. Um, have a rebuttal. Uh, planning is good, and we do need a plan because people are coming to here or to our county. We need to start dispersing them throughout the county, and I do agree with that. We've got places on the south end, so we do absolutely have to have a plan. I do agree with John on that. Okay, um, I think uh, Paul Wayne, you're going to uh, be next here, and the first question I have for you is: You said earlier. Uh, tonight, you said we've been discovered. Um, it sounded like uh, possibly you, you viewed that as a, a bad thing. I'm curious how you would work to uh, preserve the way of life that, that we uh, have come to love and that defines us. Uh, well, then I, I misrepresented myself. Uh, the growth 
but we're we're go- we're going to see it. I mean, it, it'd be silly to be against it. It'd be silly to try to roll the clock back. It isn't happening. Uh, the challenge before us is to remain the place that uh, has a- attracted people to us, and 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 it's why we're growing. Um, so no, I don't think it's a negative thing at all uh, that that this community is growing. But there's two kinds of growth, basically. There's growth that you want to have, and there's growth that you don't want to have. And it's very important that we stay in control of, um, of the growth that we, uh, of the growth, so that we have the growth that we want to have. And it's also very uh, important not to fall into this trap where, you know, we become dependent upon growth. And, and when that happens, because of accumulated debt, when that happens, you know, then, you know, if someone brings you someone, if you... In a different world, you would never really want to encourage this sort of growth. Uh, but yes, you would want to encourage this over here. But you're addicted to growth, and uh, and that's uh, the thing you chose for yourself. We have some important decisions coming up. Jonathan, anything you would like to say in rebuttal? Response? Well. I, in reference to the to the idea of growth and the big decisions that are that are coming up, you know, I, I would just remind you, and I'm I'm quoting from an answer that you posted on the League of Women Voters website about uh, development and growth, and you said the way forward is is the way we've been heading, and so I I think if I'm if I was reading your response right, is that you accept that we have a good pattern of how we're handling growth, how we're making sure that we have uh, thoughtfulness to it and direction, but then I also kind of hear the, the gloom and doom of we've got big decisions coming where we're going to go. Um, it, it seems as though we are, we are regulating our growth in a way that is working. Visitors and impacts on public lands, those might be two different discussions that we'll have to take some time and flesh out. Jonathan, since you're up, I actually want to continue on this theme. We've seen record visitation in recent summers and problems associated with the number of people uh, in the valley and their impacts. Can we continue to grow tourism at the same time we minimize these negative consequences? If so, how? Yeah, what, what we're dealing with, and, and it's an interesting conundrum to be in, we're in a, we're in a county that's 80% public lands. The majority of people that are coming here as visitors are visiting to recreate on our public lands, to hunt, to fish, to motorbike, to bicycle, to hike, to ski. And what we've seen is we've seen a drastic change in what people are bringing with them, how much they're bringing with them, how long they're staying. And of all the national forests in the country, the Gunnison Plan is the oldest forest plan. Forest plan revision starts next year, and I've already begun discussions with Scott Armitrout and Delta, making sure that he's very clear that the issues of um, dispersed camping and the fact that they continue to close campsites and not provide the amenities people need, such as restrooms and fire rings and designated camping areas and signed roads, we have to address those things. And it is a it's a delicate balance in that Gunnison County commissioners cannot regulate. Um, all the activities and recreational activities on public land, but we've got to be good partners with that. So, yes, tourism is an important part of our economy, and it needs to be managed well, and not just for the revenue and the income, but for the other uses on the land, like ag and our water quality and things of that nature. Paul Wayne, anything you would like to say in response? Just that I'm in general agreement with, uh, with my opponent. Um, 
there is, you know, there's just so much that the county cannot regulate what's going on in, for, uh, in federal lands. Um, I would think that, you know, the dispersal that's been talked about certainly needs to happen because the established um, trailheads and so on are, or, I mean, no, we'll just think of what's going on up north of Crested Butte. And what are you going to do, start selling tickets? Is there going to be a lottery to see who gets to camp, you know, next to Gothic Mountain? I, see, I saw that happen in Texas, <laughs> places where I used to go and see one person uh, in, in a week's time. Anyways, I'm in general agreement, and, uh, and I think that we, uh, working together uh, with the federal government is obviously the only, the only way we can come up with something to work. Uh, Brad, I think we have uh, determined that you don't hate the Gunnison Valley Rural Transportation Authority, but you did oppose a sales tax increase last year. How might your positions related to fiscal matters impact your governance of the county? Yeah, I truly believe in fiscal responsibility. I believe in spending money when we have it, and I believe in spending money when the... Uh, when the voters have, have voted on it, and by making sure that they have all the information. And if we have to spend money on something as county commissioners, we need to make sure the public totally and completely understands what we're doing and literally go out of our way to understand that. So, yeah, on a sales tax increase like the RTA, I was not for that because I thought there was other ways that we needed to do to come up with that money. I think there's other ways we needed to lift up and, and value the rest of the people in the county that don't necessarily ride that bus. So my, my approach to, um, to that is the same thing that I do in my business every day. We need to have fiscal responsibility and transparency in what we do. Try to you know, look outside the box, find every reasonable form of, um, of fundraising or saving money or putting into a reserve so that we have this when we're, when we're ready to use it. John? Anything you would like to say in response? Yeah, I think it's important to understand that the RTA is not a bus tax only. I mean, RTA, and especially the last uh, increase in the RTA, I mean, specifically for uh, inner valley connectivity, transportation connectivity, which can include buses. It was for uh, senior transportation, and it's for subsidized, uh, subsidies to the airlines. Uh, the voters voted on passing the 1% sales tax for this. It is supported by the voters. It, supported, it supports our ongoing need to, to develop that transportation connectivity within Gunnison County uh, in order to improve our economic resiliency and diversity. So, um, Paul Wayne, I have a question for you here. Um, since we're on the, the topic of fiscal matters, um, the budget uh, arguably is one of the, the most important, if not the most important aspect of oversight when it comes to the roles and, and responsibilities of a county commissioner. With respect to the county budget, is there anything you might like to see change, or are you content with the way that uh, tax money is being handled? I'm not sure I understand the question. I, I let me let me see if I do. Um, is there anything I'd like to see changed in the county budget process? Process or the budget itself? Any spending you take issue with? Oh, presently. Oh, um, maybe not presently. I, I, I think I would I would have taken issue with uh, the way that the 
the courthouse was project was pushed through, and, and the way that the that the um, public safety center was pushed through, um, which really seemed to not include the people, um, and yet still pay for, and the people are still paying for both of those projects, and yet they they were they were never uh, it was never put to a vote, and people never said that was okay with them. Um, I'm not familiar with the, with the county budget process simply because I've never sat in on one, but I have sat in on seven for the school district and two of those as president, and I've sat in on uh, 13 of them for the Metropolitan Recreation District. I'm fully, I mean, I've been, we are part of that process, and we were, on the, uh, in both cases, uh, as, as board members, we were part of the process. I'm no stranger to it. Um, I'll certainly take a good look at it. Uh, it would be, uh, I, I'm sure I'll find some spending that I think should be increased and some that should be decreased, Will. Uh, uh, and I look forward to doing it. Thanks. Jonathan, anything you'd like to say in response? Sure, I'll address the, the courthouse issue. The courthouse, which belongs to all of us because it serves this community, um, was a planned piece of capital improvement. It was not thought up on a whim. And it did not go to a vote of, the, a vote of the people because there was no increase to sales tax or no request of any type of taxing authority to increase it. In 1978-1979, the voters of Gunnison County approved a 1% sales tax. That sales tax is dedicated to capital improvement projects. Gunnison County and its staff, through good budgeting, through thoughtfulness and its financial responsibility, was able to pay for the project. A million dollars towards the project came from outside money. We were able to do the project when the economy was down some, and so construction costs were down. The project was completed on time. It was completed on budget. And 60% of that project is for the courts, which is a mandated service that counties have to provide, just like we have to provide a jail. And so the reason it did not go to a vote is because there was no additional burden on the taxpayers, and additionally, no one's property tax was used in the construction of that facility. Okay, that's, uh, that's it. We're going to have to move on to the next question here. Um, John Mesner, um, you've touted your experience with current uh, county policy as a result of having served on the County Planning Commission, commission for years. Uh, you've also pointed out that uh, it's been a while since some of uh, our existing uh, land use policies have been uh, readdressed. How would you how would you take steps since you've been involved in in uh, the the current policy making process to some degree for some time? How would you take steps to ensure that you are taking a look at existing policy with fresh eyes? Well, well, I'm not sure I ever stated that uh, it's been a while since we've reviewed county land use regulations. Um, it's actually something that occurs on a regular basis in the Planning Commission as the land use resolution is a living document, which means that at any given time, different aspects, whatever aspects of it, can get reviewed by the Planning Commission. Uh, those um, requests can come from applicants, they can come from citizens of the county, they can come from the Planning Commissioners, they can come from the County Commissioners. Uh, and during that process, you can look at each of the regulations that you want to analyze and evaluate the benefits and challenges uh, that, that may be a part of it. Uh, that's the land use resolution. Uh, and I think within building codes, there's also that need to review building codes 
And you need to look at it in different, with different lenses depending on what you're trying to accomplish. So if you're trying to develop available and affording housing opportunity, you need to look at those building codes, you need to look at your land use resolution, and you need to make sure that you are analyzing it and ensuring that it's supporting and not hindering uh, the type of development that's going to overcome our affordable and available housing challenges. Brad, anything you would like to say in response? Okay. Next question is for you. Um, it's been said that you have extreme views with respect to, to some issues. How do you respond to that? Um, I think in, in the last debate, the issue of uh, public lands came up um, as one example. Yeah, the issue of public lands did come up, and I did state that I am against the transfer of federal lands. But I think my problem with the whole situation is this. When I decided to run for county commission, I felt it was my job to, to let people know what I would do as, as a candidate, what my plan would be. I did not feel it was my necessary obligation to dig back into my opponent's past. I don't think that's, that's right. So I did, you know, on my Facebook page, I have posted some things. I am a gun owner. I do believe in the Second Amendment. I'm not the racist that everybody tries to point me out to be. That's, you know, my personal views. Those are not things necessarily that are used in the governance of, of what we do. So I have been painted some sort of a farther right than I am, but that's not actually true. I think you need to do, if you have a question with a candidate, don't go back through things. Don't dig stuff up. That's not your job. Well, I don't think it should be your job. It wasn't my job to do that to John, so I didn't do that. I respected him and for that. I never met him before I started running for county commissioner. And I honestly think we could get along pretty good if we weren't running together right now. I think we do anyway. John, anything you would like to say in response? Yeah, I actually think the rules change a little bit when you run for public office. I think people do actually care about what your values are. They do care about uh, what your views are on different issues. Uh, the issues that were posted on Brad's Facebook page included support of the Confederate flag. It included, uh, you know, support of or, uh, discrimination against same-sex marriage. It included... Uh, obvious support of the transfer of public lands. Uh, it included mocking an individual because he was wearing a marijuana shirt in his store. Uh, these things, I think, are important to the citizens of Gunnison County. I think they need to realize the values and the, uh, the ideals of someone that's running for public office, especially when the slogan for the campaign is bringing our county together. I don't think these divisive views bring our county together. I'm sorry. Yes, For anybody who needs a history lesson, that is not the Confederate flag. That is the battle flag of the Army of Tennessee. This Confederate flag is the Stars and Bars. Those individuals fought for their right for freedom and are Americans just as much as you and just as much as me. I applauded those kids for flying that flag because they're Americans. They have the right to do that without somebody saying that, oh, I'm so offended. They have that right as well. I didn't mock the kid for wearing the marijuana shirt, but what I did do was explain to him that to come into a federally licensed firearms dealer 
and try to buy a firearm wearing a shirt with a marijuana leaf on it, probably not the smartest move. <laughs> I didn't actually mock the guy. I've been called an Islamophobe on there. But when you almost lose your brother in 9-11 because he's close to ground zero and he loses friends, you might have a different perspective on radical Islam than the rest of the folks. I remember those kind of things. I think I have the right to stand up for those things, and I have the right to stand up for what I believe in. Okay, we're going to need to move on to the next question. This one is directed uh, at Jonathan. Uh, when it comes to air service into Gunnison County, uh, some might argue that we're treading water. Uh, despite higher subsidies directed at airlines, gains in the number of inbound seats have been modest, and we've actually lost uh, daily year-round service. What about the current course of action do you believe could change that? Okay, so uh, again, just to, to prime the pump a little bit, airline service is negotiated by the RTA. The RTA is governed by Town of Crested Butte, City of Gunnison, Town of Mount Crested Butte, and the Gunnison County. There's eight-member board, two commissioners sit on that board. The Some of the challenges that we're up against, such as the year-round uh, having year-round service on United in Denver are compounded by things that are, we will not buy our way out of and we will not be able to change the trends in the airline industry. Um, every airport in regional airport in Colorado, basically with the exception of Aspen, is, is challenging this way. What we have done is been more focused on our efforts of how we market um, where we're going, making sure that we have a target audience. But we also have to look and reflect inward some. The product that we put out Winter, summer, what people are coming here for is important that we're paying attention to the product and making sure we have a competitive product in the market. And then also making sure that there's a whole other class of traveler, which is people who use it for business travel. And so juggling those t couple pieces together um, and looking at our numbers compared to other airports, the, the gains are modest, but we're gaining. We're trending back in that direction. We've opened new markets. Our Houston service has been incredibly successful, and the L.A. service is looking to grow as well. Paul Wayne, do you like to rebut any portion of that statement? Well, only, only to say this. Um, we, we have, a, I mean, our, our economy right now is really healthy. Um, I, I, I brought up at the last um, debate, you know, we had a One Valley Prosperity Project, but maybe it came in after the fact that you know, we're already being prosperous if you go around talking to business owners. And so, and then at the same time, we're talking about affordable housing being a problem. And well, you know, but then again, you know, businesses up and a lot of businesses and a lot of service sector jobs. It all makes sense if you think about it, you know. And, and again, I, I'm going to bring it up that if we can subsidize airlines, I'm not sure why we can't subsidize uh affordable housing and, and make this uh, make it easier for people who can found, can, to live here to build, to build a home here just to live here um, and I would also just throw into the mix that anytime you do have a tourism or a service sector based economy you're going to have very low paying jobs so I don't know I got real mixed feelings I think we're growing things are good uh, and we have problems to, to solve, and that's probably what we ought to do before we try to keep growing to just ensure we're not addicted to, uh, to, to ensure we never become addicted to growth. Thank you. Okay, for the next portion of the debate, 
Each candidate will be offered a chance to ask a question of his opponent. Uh, we will start at the opposite end of the table with Jonathan. All right. Paul, um, it's kind of got a few layers to it, so um, here we go. So in February this year, you emailed me saying you were considering running for commissioner and were curious if I was going to run again. Um, in the last debate, you spoke about having lots of time. You weren't doing as many recreational activities as before, that you're working part-time. I would ima imagine that the schedule that you have as a, a bail bondsman is fairly flexible. Um, but you spoke a lot about being able to put the time into the commission role. So it's been eight months since you mentioned to me that you were considering it. Um, you've not attended a single Board of County Commissioner meeting. You haven't. Um, you didn't attend any of the One Valley Prosperity Project, uh, open houses and meetings, and hundreds of citizens engaged in that process. We've had joint planning commission meetings over major minor impact projects with the planning commission. In that time, the Board of County Commissioners, we've sat as the LMD board, the Board of Equalization, the Health and Human Services board. We've met with the hospital board, you know, sage grouse meetings, public land initiatives, meetings with the fire service, the BLM. And, and as you know from your time reporting on meetings of the county from the paper, the paper can only give a snippet of what we work with each week. So my, my question to you is that I, I've heard you speak very distinctly about having lots of time, dreaming of being a commissioner, so my question has been, if all that interest is there and all that time is there, where, where have you been in the last eight months to avail yourself to the opportunities to really be up to speed on the issues that the, the county's facing? Paul Wayne, one minute to respond. Sure question. Um, back, in the, back in the 90s, you know, there was, I was putting in like 50, 60 hours a week, you know, doing the coverage that you were talking about for the Times. And writing and writing on it. Um, over these, I, I, it's, I definitely did not have my mind made up in February, so I'm going to take issue with that right off the bat. It was more like May uh, when I actually uh, threw my hat in the ring. So we're talking about you know, one, two, three, you know, fewer months like that. During this time, uh, I've had uh, a health issue. And uh, I've simply not been in shape to campaign, um, and I apologize to to everyone here. Uh, my energy levels fluctuate very greatly. However, uh, even at that, I'm not walking into the county uh, as a county commissioner ice cold uh, for nothing else than this. Uh, I was the the uh, right on top of things, uh, and I and also I do I have experience that translates over into uh, being a county commissioner. I. I um, I don't feel like I'll be walking to the job, Cole. I do. I do understand your uh, questions, and you know, and one, one, how anyone could ask those same questions. Um, and my time's up. <laughs> Thanks. And it's your turn to ask a question of your opponent, Bowen. Jonathan. Uh, you promote yourself as a candidate of the people, and uh, and I think you have tried to do some collaboration as well. But but I'm going to bring up I'm going to bring up the uh, the Justice Center, and I'm going to bring up the County Courthouse again. And uh, just a while back, you had us. You seemed to be saying to the people that somehow magically they aren't paying for this. 
And I know you guys aren't being taxed, and, you know, it's nothing's coming out of here and there, but government doesn't own a cent of money that it hasn't taken from you. And so, no, people are paying for this. So, And they did not have a chance to uh, uh, to comment. On, uh, well, and the t- one time they did, they turned it down, I believe, on the Justice Center. So I'm, I'm going to put the question I have to you is that you, you present yourself as a candidate of the people, uh, and yet I'm scratching my head as to why when you, on the two biggest projects that have happened here in, in Gunnison County or for Gunnison County, uh, you as a county commissioner didn't see fit to give the people a chance to vote on it because you're going to be spending their money. Anytime you're spending their money, they, uh, taxpayers, citizens should have a chance to vote on it. How? Why do, why do you think you can be, or why do you think you're a candidate of the people? Sure. And I'm more than happy to speak to this because this is an issue of governance, and, and governance is a, is uh, it's a skill, and there's a skill setness and an understanding that goes with it. And I'm going to speak specifically to the courthouse because I was directly responsible for choices to move forward with constructing our, our courthouse. Counties are responsible from the state and the state constitution to provide a very minimal amount of services. You need a jail, you need a courthouse, and now in the more modern times you provide health and human services and road and bridge. Those are things you're required to do by statute. And when the jail was voted down the first time, the jail, the concept of building a jail was not what was voted down. It was the funding mechanism. The Board of County Commissioners went to the community and said, we would like you to fund it with this mechanism. And the community said, no. It doesn't take the county away from its responsibility to provide a safe environment for law enforcement and for the people that are in that facility. Once that was done, we were challenged with building the courthouse. It was woefully woefully out of compliance from safety issues, for court personnel, for law enforcement. Um, and the, the courts have been generous in holding back on that project, requiring us to do it because the jail was done first. So the voters voted to approve a sales tax in the late 70s. That sales tax is for capital improvement projects. This is a capital project. We spent the money that the people and the citizens of this community have voted on. It's not as if they weren't asked. They weren't asked for additional money or a different funding mechanism. John, it is your turn to ask a question of your opponent. So you have spoken about the RTA and how you weren't supportive of uh, the last initiative to level the sales tax for the Rural Transportation Authority to benefit airline transportation, uh, bus transportation, and and, uh, senior transportation. You say that you weren't supportive of the 1% or the, the method of funding it but you're supportive of the, uh, the result. So I'm curious, what specific way would you suggest funding transportation connectivity in Gunnison County if it's not uh, the method that's used now? That is correct that I was not in favor of the 1% sales tax. I own a small business. 
I have people that I sell good to, goods to. And I've had a lot of people ask me about our sales tax rate. And that, to me, was, a, was, was the biggest reason that I did it. It lost by 157 votes. So that meant approximately half the people were not in favor of doing it. I have people that I've talked to that were not in favor of it, but their kids ride the bus and they would much rather pay a ticket for, you know, for that. I do understand that we did have a fee for that at one point in time. The studies showed that the rider numbers were down. Makes me wonder, did we, did we do it long enough? As far as other funding methods, I don't know. I'll be very honest with you. But I do believe in it. I think we need to keep it going. We have the sales tax. I accept that. I understand that. It was voted on by the will of the people. But I would like to try to somehow look at some other different ways that we can do this. In other words, through grants or something else or reconversion of funds or how we work all the funds through RTA. And, Brad, it's your turn to ask a question. John, tourism and recreation is your main focus for economic driver, and I do agree with that question. I've always believed in it, and it is a big part of it. There's no question. And, Jonathan, just so you know, the courthouse public works and, and its public safety buildings were needed and necessary buildings, but Gunnison County currently has a debt of $27,710,000 for those buildings, which is paid for sales tax or bonds paid by sales tax, which is what sales tax money is for. But without a strong focus on true economic diversity, better sustainable incomes, with the challenge of having to come up with affordable housing solutions, and with the possibility of a bad snow year, or dry years or fires in the state, which have proven to have a severe impact on tourism in our county, how can we continue to pay our debts and grow our county you know, solely on a recreation and tourism economy and continue to live and support the infrastructure within our county? Uh, I've never said that sustainable tourism or recreation is the uh, the only way to support the economy in Gunnison County. That's actually, if you look at my rap card again, uh, I've got four different bullet points in recreation and sustainable tourism, and then another four bullet points in economic resiliency and diversity. Those bullet points include developing entrepreneurs and supporting new and existing businesses, supporting the Ice House uh, and an entrepreneurial center at uh, Western. Uh, it includes uh, supporting the cornerstones of our economy, our anchor institutions, which is Western, CBMR, RMBL, GBH, agriculture. Uh, it includes focusing on diversifying the economy to make sure that we are not dependent on any one specific industry. So while I think tourism and sustainable, or sustainable tourism and recreation is an incredibly important part uh, of our economy and is certainly one of the cornerstones of a successful Gunnison County. It's just one piece, and uh, the rest of the pieces are just as important. Thanks. Okay, we are going to move on to the lightning round. Um, I will ask a question, and each candidate uh, will respond. Hopefully, I ask, this is the case anyway, that you respond with uh, either a yes or no. Um, and we'll move on to the, the next uh, question after each candidate has had a chance to answer. So this should be fun. Let's find out uh, what, where things go here. Um, <laughs> uh, we're going to uh, start with Brad and work our way toward Jonathan. The first question is, do you believe that human-induced climate change is real? 
Would you uh, be willing to grab the microphone and say that? <laughs> Thank you. No. John. Yes. 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 Uh, for the next question, we'll start at Jonathan's end of the table and uh, work this way. Do you support the county's subsidization, or maybe it's more fair to say potential subsidization of a CNG fueling station? I think I know the answer. Yes, but it's not a subsidy. So, yes. No. Yes. Yes. Okay, um, the next question, uh, if the idea for a public lands transfer, as we have talked about a little bit from the federal to state governments, does gain traction in coming years, would you support a county commissioner measure of some sort, potentially a resolution, opposing that transfer? Opposing transfer. Correct. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, with vigor. Sounds like we're unanimous, so, yeah, I would oppose that. Okay. Um, Jonathan, uh, more than a decade ago, I believe, the county created a unique position for a wildlife conservation coordinator in response to concerns at the time about the Gunnison uh, sage grouse's uh, future. Um, is, is this position still needed today, yes or no? Yes, it's needed, but we've changed the position. That's or no? Yes, yes, absolutely. Sage grass is incredibly important. Yes. Paul Wayne. Yeah, they're little important birds. Yes. Absolutely. Would you support the creation of a recreation coordinator position within county government? Brad? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Okay, um, I'm going to switch to a few questions related to statewide ballot measures this fall. Jonathan, do you support Amendment 69, a proposal for single-payer health care in Colorado? With trepidation, yes. Paul Wayne? With uh, angst, yes. Yes. Brad? No. Um, and Brad, we'll, we'll start with you this time. Do you support Amendment 70, uh, which would raise the minimum wage to $12 in Colorado? Um, I, and, uh, no, I don't. Okay. Yes. No, I think it should be left up to counties and municipalities. Yes or no, please. Oh, uh, no. Yes, I do. Okay, we'll go back down to Jonathan's end of the table to start this one. Do you support uh, Amendment 71, which would uh, uh, make it more difficult to amend the state constitution via citizens' initiatives requiring a supermajority vote and petition signatures from people in every corner of the state? Yes, I do. No, I don't. Yes. Yes, I do. Start at Brad's end at the table this time. Do you support Proposition 101, which would return Colorado to a presidential primary for elections, I'm sorry, a, uh, a primary for presidential elections, 
and allow unaffiliated voters to participate in that process? Yes, I do. Yes. 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 Uh, do you support Proposition 106, a measure that would allow terminally ill patients to take life-ending doctor-prescribed drugs? Jonathan, we'll start at your end. Yes. 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 No. And for the last question, we'll shift to national politics. And it's not yes or no. You actually get a third option. Clint, Clinton, Trump, or other? Brad, I believe. Trump. Clinton. Other. Clinton. That wraps up the uh, lightning round. Finally, um, we'll hear closing remarks from the candidates. Gentlemen, you'll have one minute each, and I believe we'll start with Jonathan and work our way in my direction. Great. Well, thanks for uh, again for joining us tonight. It's uh, it's always a good opportunity to uh, to discuss our similarities and differences, and I appreciate the folks that are sitting up here with me tonight too. Um, my pitch to you is pretty straightforward. I made a commitment four years ago that if I was elected, I'd work as a full-time county commissioner. This is the only thing I do. I keep an office over at the courthouse. I'm incredibly available. I go to every corner of this community, and I advocate for everyone with a lot of passion, a lot of commitment, and I have the skills and experience. I don't, ever, don't necessarily always get every single bit right. When I make mistakes, I'm willing to admit those mistakes. I'm willing to reach out beyond my comfort level. I'm willing to engage anyone, anytime, anywhere. And it's important that we have people that are willing to do the work, understand the work, and be an advocate for our county. We have a lot that's going really, really well here that we need to preserve. We have other opportunities that we can do better with. I'm committed to the work. I've demonstrated a hard work ethic. And I'm going to ask for your vote and your support again this fall to continue working for you as your full-time county commissioner. Thank you. Paul Wayne. Um, it was interesting, the last question, when I said I would vote for other, I, I am an independent, and I do believe that this is the way to create cohesiveness in our in our Gunnison country right now, as I see, and I see it, and, and I see it very plainly because I've been out of politics for a while, having been in it, now coming back. Party politics are here. It's make, now making a difference what letter is after your, after your name. And an independent is a step away from that trend, and I offer you that. I, you know, I bring a set of skills, uh, strong governmental skills, to to, the, to this uh, to my candidacy, and as I would as a as a county commissioner. Uh, and I know Jonathan has some t has good skills too. I would like, I think, it's, you know, they've done some good work. Uh, the OVPP plan is a beautiful piece of strategic planning. Um, but I believe my skill set that I bring to us right now, and, and I mean, I'm going to tie it in part to my age. You know, I'm kind of looking back on life now, and I've uh, been through a lot of things. So I think, my, and I've been through another uh, one time in this, uh, back in the, you know, the late 80s and 90s, where we kind of got discovered then. We grew, and we didn't, we didn't really substantially change. We kept that quality of life, and we can do it again. Uh, so please uh, uh, vote for me. My time's up. Thanks. Bye-bye. John? Thank you for the opportunity to speak tonight. 
and to answer the important questions that we have as a community. I think tonight you found that I am the candidate who has the vision and the ideas to move our county forward into the future. I think you found that I am the candidate who has the courage to develop a plan and be in the arena. I think you found tonight that I am the candidate who is ready to tackle affordable and available housing, economic resiliency and diversity, technology and transportation connectivity, and recreation and sustainable tourism. I think you found tonight that I am the candidate who has the dedication and the experience to be your next Gunnison County Commissioner in District 1. Thank you for coming, and thank you for your support. Brad. I'd like to thank you all for being here to find out what the different candidates are about. You'll see some stark differences in all four of us. You'll see a lot of similarities there as well. I think what you need to do as voters is to look at those candidates, go through what they have, talk to them individually, make a good decision. I think we all bring things to the table. It's just different methods and different ways that we do that. I think we have all all have those life experiences that will speak to those different areas. I think my experience speaks to this next step, and I'm excited to be there. I'm excited to do it. It's a big step. It's putting yourself out there. It's been a challenge, but I accept this challenge. I'm enjoying it. It's been an awful lot of fun. I've talked a lot about leadership and leadership skills and things that I've done. There's a man named Colin Powell. I respect him a lot. He said this to end this. So good leadership involves a responsibility to the welfare of the group, which means that some people will get angry at your actions and decisions. It's inevitable if you're honorable. Trying to get everyone to like you is a sign of mediocrity. You'll avoid the tough decisions. You'll avoid confronting the people who need to be confronted. And you'll avoid offering differential rewards based on differential performance because some people might get upset. Ironically, by procrastinating on the difficult choices, by trying not to get anyone mad, and by treating everyone equally, nicely, regardless of their contributions, you'll simply ensure that the only people you'll wind up angering in your organization are the most creative and the most productive. And I thank you for letting us be here this evening. Well, we almost did it in an hour and a half. Uh, that wraps up tonight's debate. Thanks, everybody, for coming. Thank you, candidates.